My name is Sister Prince, and today is September 24th, 1987, and I'm interviewing Marie Williams for the Oral History uh, Archives and Black History Project at the Missouri Historical Society. Okay. Marie, um, you have been involved with the Urban League, yes. and we're going to talk about that and other things in St. Louis, and this will center mainly on the 40s and 50s, but will spill over. So let me just ask you, when did you begin? How did you get involved with the Urban League? Well, it was really through my family. Um, as a matter of fact, my uncle and aunt where I was living, who was, with whom I was living, um, were bridge fanatics. Mm -hmm. And a friend of ours who used to come and play bridge with them was John T. Clark, oh. who was the executive secretary of the Urban League at that time. And he in, induced, in, induced me to the men who were playing bridge at my house, <laughs> and uh, and that's the way I got involved when I went to school in Atlanta. He was instrumental, Mr. Clark, John T. Clark was instrumental in my getting there and going there. He encouraged me to go there, and uh, uh, that was in the 30s. I think I was 34, uh, 1934 is when I went there to go to school. Where did you, where, what was the name of the school? Atlanta University. Atlanta University. Uh, school of Social Work. Mm -hmm. okay. And then you came back here? I came back here. At the time I was on the staff at the Urban League as a, a file clerk. I had finished high school and the undergraduate uh, work at the, the teacher's college. And um, it's, it's dope. Yes. And high school was what? Sumner. Sumner. Sumner High School, and um, uh, that's where I, where I, the reason I went uh, okay. because I was encouraged to go, and with an uncle who uh, at that time was uh, a diabetic specialist in Chicago, he uh, wanted he tried to urge me to go into psychiatric social work, uh, but I decided that I wouldn't. I wanted to just, just go in as a social worker, not psychiatric social worker. Um, Why not, Marie? I don't know. It, uh, I think yeah, I was frightened by it. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, and my mother, uh, at that time, uh, after I had been in Atlanta about a year and a half, uh, she was ill, took sick, and uh, and I wondered if I would have to come home, but they said no, don't, don't come. And they, she came out of that mm. because she lived until 1949 or 50 uh, before she passed on. 
but uh, she didn't, uh, her condition was a slight heart attack. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it made you anxious? Yes. About her. Uh -huh. But you did finish? Oh, yes. You came uh -huh. back here? Uh, when I left here going to school, the board of directors at the Urban League granted me a leave of absence for the, dur for, uh, the duration of the war. And see, I was there, uh, I'm, I'm, no, I'm ahead of myself. Uh, they granted me a leave of absence uh, to come back during the summer and work. And then when I graduated, that I could come back and pick up and go on. Um, well, I was young, and I guess maybe that they thought that, that they had someone that would stick with them, which I did. And this is a picture of the first staff that I worked with. Um, is this you? No, here. Oh, there you are? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it would be hard. And I can see the same big, pretty eyes. That's why I was thinking if you'd gone any kind of social work, I would imagine would you would be easy to talk to. All right, would you like to name some of the people? Yes, this is, uh, she's still living. She's about 94 or five years old. And she's in California, it's Jenny Childress Buckner. Uh -huh. And when I went, she was my boss when I went there to work. And I was just a, uh, what they, you know, we would say as kids, uh, we, I'm just a flunky in the department. I did everything that nobody else wanted to do. Like what? Oh, uh, wiping out the windowsill if uh -huh. necessary if there was some water that spilled over on the flowers and uh, cutting. I remember when I was in school in Atlanta, I got a job. Mr. Clark was instrumental in my getting a job to help me financially. And it was a desk clerk at the Urban League in Atlanta cutting newspaper clippings. And this is Mr. Clark? That's John T. Clark. Uh -huh. and, and what this was what year would you say this picture? Uh, probably 19, 1930. 1930? Uh -huh. um, because it was several, well, a few years before I went to Atlanta for uh -huh. school. And this girl, she, went, she left the league, went to Jefferson City, and was a secretary for the dean, of one of the deans up there. She passed not too long ago. And this is Patty, Patty Hall, uh, Patty Cox Hall, who was in the, uh, what they call the neighborhood division at the Urban League. Pretty woman. Uh, and uh, Gerald uh, Gary, her name is Gary, I can't think of her first name. She was John T. Clark's secretary, mm -hmm. and she now lives in uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, David Essex was a business manager. He died about two years ago. Uh, Madonna Walker was head of the, what they call the neighborhood department, and she passed several years ago. Um, Sidney Williams was director over the division where I work with the job developing and that type of thing. Um, she was the secretary. I can't think of her name. Uh, I can't think. 
she was a secretary in our department. And uh, this young man, uh, I can't think of his name either, but that's, he, well, he was in charge of the uh, community. He was over this, the umbrella over the community division. Mm -hmm. So that gives a good idea of all the things that everybody did. Um, what was John Clark like? He was great. He was really, he was a father to everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he had empathy, sympathy, everything you can mention mm -hmm. uh, for the workers. And he really went to bat for me to uh, get a job in Atlanta. And uh, I kept the job all during the school year. I came back home here in the summer and worked at the Urban Aid there. And then went to school, when I went back to school, I picked up the job in Atlanta. And uh, my father <coughs> was a bread earner. We weren't rich people and we weren't poor. We were poor, but not to the point that we had to have uh, outside relief or anything like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because he worked uh, and took care of his family. What did he do? He was uh, uh, worked at a, uh, the transit system. Mm -hmm. at, uh, in Springfield mm -hmm. uh, uh, as a utility person and, was, and would go in his car to places where he had to go to pick up something, maybe a tool of mm -hmm. some kind that they needed mm -hmm. and they needed it now yeah. or they needed right. it yesterday. Yeah. Well, they'll say Andy was uh, go to such and such a place and he kept this. things moving. Yes, he kept uh, it all together. Yes. So you you lived here with your family, and but your your immediate family lived in Springfield. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Okay. My aunt and uncle were here. Mm -hmm. What uh, made you come here? Well, they were. Uh, we were a close knit family, and. We had family reunions in the summertime, and uh, we would, uh, the family from Chicago would get in their car mm -hmm. and come here and pick up some of us, and we'd go to Springfield. We, at that I mean, time, you came from your parents' home. Why did you move to St. Louis? Well, uh, this uh, uncle of mine in Chicago, uh, who was a uh, diabetic specialist, um, was visiting there during the summer, he and his wife. And uh, uh, so he said to my mother while I was there, uh, why don't you let Marie come to St. Louis and we'll keep her in school up there. And, uh, oh, I wanted to come, you know, I heard that and I wanted to come up here. Why? Well, I thought that it, I, I had been uh, through things that, uh, uh, that I might get, be able to get a better education, and that's what I wanted. Um, as a, well, before I was born, they had a race riot 
there in Springfield. And of course, my parents talked about it, you know, to us. And talked about what to the, the race riot? Yes. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, and at that time, it wasn't Jackie Robinson, but we had to do this, turn the other cheek, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but. Uh, uh, and that's one reason, I know that's one reason that I wanted to come to, uh, to St. Louis because I thought the education, I'd get a better education. And you were frightened? Yes, I was. Uh, because I didn't want this, um, and this riot uh, was, in, what did they say, 1917. I think the same time they, there was something over here in East St. Louis. East St. Louis. Yes. Um, what was it like living in a small town as, as a Negro? Well, everybody knew you. Everybody knew us. Everybody knew Andy. His, my father was Anderson Wilburn. And everybody knew Andy. And uh, that's Andy's child, you know. And because he was a, well, the neighbors and the the neighbor's children said, Andy's a flunky from Mr. Jones downtown. Are you talking about Negro children or yes, white children? Yes, Negro children. No, Negro children. Uh -huh. uh, because they thought, felt that he was a flunky father. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and I was the only one that uh, in the crew there that left home to go to school at that time. And it was years afterwards that some of the others, you know, went away. Did people who usually stayed there, if you had stayed there, would would you have stopped schooling? No, I don't I would have I would have completed high school. High school, but would you have gone on to college, do you think? I I imagine so because when I was a I had an older sister who uh, was a music major at uh, KU, mm -hmm. and she graduated from KU. I uh, uh, have a brother that graduated from Jeff from Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Older, these were older. I don't think that I would have, but uh, I don't know whether I would have had. Uh, uh, I I just don't know. Yeah, really. the quality of education. Yes. Right. But um, I remember as a child, Jury College, uh, our school was here and Jury College was here. Mm -hmm. And we lived over here. And every morning and evening, I would uh, uh, walk through the campus. I was afraid, but I was, uh, uh, I wasn't afraid. And because of things, you know, that I knew that had happened as a child had been, and before I was born, because our parents kept us uh, uh, alive to what we would run into, we might run into. How'd they explain it to you, Marie? Um, well, I know that they called me precocious. Mm -hmm. 
I never was, I looked up, I never was afraid of being a body, you know. And, um, and my mother, I used to hear my mother, I had a picture that I, of my mother then, uh, would say to me, uh, Marie, you have to watch your tongue. And uh, she was always saying to all of us, I don't want you to upset the apple cart. And uh, you knew what that meant. Yes. What did it mean? Say something I'd be sorry for, you know, or do something that I'd be sorry. In front of white people, is that what? You yes. Mean? And, mm -hmm. and uh, what did it? What would it take to upset a white person in town? Uh. Well, um, I suppose the same thing that uh, happened to to me when I was in St. Louis before I got a car. Uh, this was after graduation, though, uh, and I had a job. I was a job developer for the Urban League, and uh, that was the raise. You know, I, I had not stopped from the Urban League. I was there. I only had two jobs in my lifetime. One was teaching out in the county in Chesterfield, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And I, only, I was only there six months. Mm -hmm. And the reason I left there is because um, I didn't have transportation. I'd have to catch a train at Union Station to and take the train out. And uh, the Board of Education out there had a little fellow who was driving a buggy, Harson buggy, and white little white fellow, and he would uh, meet me at the station every Monday morning mm -hmm. to take me to the school. And uh, uh, oh, I may get, I may sound, I, I'll think of something, and it's, uh, I might sound like I'm not. Keeping up there. Oh, that's okay. This yes. is this is hard because um, the, I find this so interesting that I I really hate not to go along with it, even though we talk we're supposed to yes. be in the 40s and 50s. But this is important. This gives some good background, and uh, it's it's good to know these things. Uh, and and trying to ask you to go back this many years is also hard. Yes. And you, uh -huh. people come to a crossroads in their thinking and they go one way and yes. don't worry about being organized together we'll try and pull it together and, and remember what we were you know going mm -hmm. for um, and if we have to stop and replay it so don't don't worry um, all right now where were we <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about um, the, the fact that you had two jobs yes. and you you quit this one out in St. Charles I guess because of yes, the transportation. transportation. Okay. Uh, I had, uh, and then I thought that I wanted to teach, but when I got in, uh, when I went to Atlanta University, and in the schools of social work, um, I found out that's what I wanted to do because I wanted to work where I could help people, mm -hmm. and I could help people in school, but it wasn't the type of help that I was thinking about. I guess. So you used your social work thing, background in your help for placing people oh, in yes. their problems. Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay. We were actually talking about 
what was it that would have upset whites in that in Springfield and you were going to tell me about buying a car here. Oh yes. That's how. Uh, well, for instance, uh, like this, this didn't happen, but I mean something like this. I recall when I was promoted on the job as a job developer, mm -hmm. and that's when I met uh, Sam Klein personally. Mm -hmm. uh, he was on the board, but you know, you don't go in there. Yes, you were a clerk. Board. Yes, I was, you know. Yeah. And that's when I now, now you got to be that not on the board. You were on the board then. N no, I he was on. The he board. was on the board, but he was on the board uh -huh. at the Urban Aid, yeah. and uh, I was I uh, boarded a streetcar uh, on Garrison, getting ready to go downtown. Mm -hmm. And when I got on the streetcar, I'm talking about something like this would upset the apple cart, mm -hmm. you know, right. and if I had a temper. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe as a child I was, uh, I had a temper. And I, when I came up, uh, at first, a long time, I was the, on the, the young one there. And then, of course, the others came afterwards. And I think I probably was, just like all of the, young, the younger ones, were spoiled. And, uh, uh, and when I was um, going down to get, I didn't have cars at this time, and I got on the car and I looked around and not a vacant seat. There wasn't a vacant seat. Uh, and people were scattered in whites in all over the, all over the car. So I sat down by a white lady, and she jumped up and almost knocked me down and walked up to the front and sat down by a white person. Now, that's the kind of thing if it would happen in a town like Springfield. Oh, if you dared to sit there. Dare to, yes. I see. Um, and a white gentleman who was sitting across from us, from me, he looked back at me and he, one of those things. Shook his head. Yes. And to that, help, that, to help you out. it did help, it helped me. Because I knew that um, I was dressed properly. Uh, I might, might have had a, a suit on or something like that, business like, you know. And I always try to keep myself looking, uh, you know, neat. But that, that's the type of thing that, that would happen if it would happen, uh, that, you know, would upset the apple cart. So you found St. Louis different and that it still happened, but you went ahead and did some of the things in St. Louis that you would not have dared to do. Was yes. that because of St. Louis was different or because you were older? Well, I both both older and uh, uh, and the training that I had spilled over in manners. Manners spilled over in the training, rather. And uh, I think that that helped me or anyone else. Training in the Urban League or training at home? Oh, oh definitely training at home mm -hmm. to also because um, 
my and there was no problem in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we weren't rich and we were poor, but we my father managed to keep us in line. My mother was a beautiful dressmaker; she could sew, and she would uh, sew for us. I remember once. Uh, my sister, who was two years older than I, um, uh, we were in a school play, and uh, my mother made our dress that we were to wear, and it was a, uh, what do you call those, Buster Brown type thing with the collar and the mm-hmm. star on the end of the collar mm-hmm. and the pleated Sailor skirt. Dress, mm-hmm. Yes, uh-huh. And the pleated skirt. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she always was sewing things for us. So you always felt good about the way you looked? Yes, uh-huh. Uh, I could go on and on, but I, I, we've got to, we've got to get, <laughs> you're so interesting. <laughs> um, so you were talking about when you met Sam Klein. Oh yes, uh, uh, he had one of his men to take me uh, uh, through the shop because he wanted us to get some uh, some people that um, was a was a Ruth. Uh, he wanted to hire a Negro. Yes. His first Negro. Yes. He was the first, I think, in big industry who hired a secretary. And, and when I went down there after she had been hired, uh, there were about 25 or 30 desks in there, and a person was at each desk. And Ruth was right there in the center of it, you know. And uh, when we left the office where we, I was talking to him, and he had he said that uh, he wanted uh, a person uh, who could type, uh, and he said not a person. He said because we were going to put on maybe uh, two or three at first, and uh, uh, then I, we went down into the uh, plant section. As I was walking through, looking around, and the guy who was with me was telling me, well, this is so-and-so department, blah, 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 blah. He wanted to tell me about the the visions and that they would have some work, uh, you know, to put them in there. Over in the corner, way over in the corner, was the white belt machine. He said, man, look at this black cloud coming through here. It's going to be a storm. I didn't even turn my head. There's where the Jackie Robinson came in. We knew nothing about Jackie Robinson at mm-hmm. that time, but I was ready to change to, to the other cheek, you know, let him slap it on the others. Uh, now this was a long time after uh, I had uh, gone to school, you know, and uh, uh, I don't remember when, uh, Ruth Seals was hired. I don't remember whether. Uh, it was in the uh, early 40s. Early 40s. Early 40s. I thought, uh-huh. At this, right after that, uh, 
Mr. Pine called me and said, Maria, I need a, a model. I said, oh, Mr. Klein, you give me something hard. <laughs> so he said, uh, oh, you can, uh, all she has to be size, I've forgotten, one of these tiny, and a tall girl is good, and uh, attractive, and one who can dress, who knows how to dress, but they were, they were, she would be using their clothes, you know, as a model. Uh, uh, so there was a student who was at Fisk University, Gertrude Harris was her name. Uh, her husband, she was at Fisk, and her husband was at Mahara Medical School. She came to me for a job. And uh, when Mr. Klein called me about that, I said, oh, you know, I got somebody I think it'll, will fit in. And so he said, uh, uh, he asked me who it was. He said, oh, well, I'd like to see that. I'd like to, I'd like to have her to come in. And uh, I called uh, Gertrude and I said, I think I got something for you. Uh, can, and when can you come now? She said, I come now. I said, okay. I said, uh, put on your best bib, bib and tucker and, uh, and uh, uh, when you come down. And uh, I said, uh, and be as graceful, grace, graceful as you can. I said, a company here is going to hire a model to uh, model their garments. It was dresses and suits and whatnot. And uh, uh, so he, she said, oh, is that so? She was all excited, you know. And I said, well, uh, that's what I want you, to, want you to come down and see Mr. Klein. So she did. She came down and I made the appointment for her to see Mr. Klein. And he was very pleased with her. He said, you know, I think she'll do. And uh, when the time came a week or so later for the company to uh, in have the interviews, I called Gertrude. And when Gertrude got there, the, the room where the uh, interview people, their models, who were playing the role model, was about the space of this room. Mm -hmm. And around the room, there were chairs for each person. There must have been about seven or eight of them who were there, uh, were there. She was to, and she was tutored outside what she was supposed to do and how she was to walk. Well, uh, she, uh, when she came in, and, and I was there, I was there at the time. Felt like a mother hen, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, sure did. And, oh, and this girl good, was a good-looking girl. And uh, she walked in with her head up. And, you know, like models do. I was so, we were so, and Mr. Klein just reddened up, you know, he was so happy. He was proud. And uh, she was hired. And she stayed there. Well, uh, I think that, it, oh, it was a short time. It wasn't a full. It wasn't permanent. It was a temporary type thing. 
and she stayed there until her time was up. And uh, that was the second thing after Ruth had been hired. Okay, you're talking about Ruth being hired? Yes. Uh, uh, when Ruth was hired, uh, she would go to lunch I told her, I said, Ruth, I said, you're going to have you, you're going to have to hear nothing. I asked her, I have seen the monkey with his hands over his ears and over his eyes and over his mouth. I said, and I said, you're going to have to uh, assume the attitude of, of the monkey. Hear nothing, say nothing, and see nothing. And, uh, and she stayed there, I don't remember now, but, uh, number of years. Uh, so you were also like a counselor. I mean, oh, probably yes. she would call you and you'd call oh, her yes. and say, how's yes. it going? Yes. And uh -huh. this happened. And, uh -huh. and that's where my training, you yes. know, because we had counseling courses and uh, was dubbed in, you know, with the social work training. It must have been extremely interesting. It was. Uh, and Atlanta University was really uh, a very good school. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Spelman College was there in Atlanta. There were five universities there. Mm -hmm. And John Hope, uh, from a wealthy family, was president of, uh, of uh, the girls' school. Mm -hmm. uh, the college there for, uh, on the campus was just for girls, but I think now it's, uh, uh, I think it's uh, male and female. Isn't that funny? A bridge game changed your whole life. Yes. Your uh -huh. whole life. Marie, I would like to know how your job worked. Your title was uh, job developer. Yes. Um, and when I left there, I was a director of uh, job placement. Director of Job Placement. Okay, and I and you're doing that now yes. out at uh, UMSL. Yes. Uh, uh, but in other words, we know that a man, a white man, or a, whoever, could call and ask you for somebody. Yes. Could Negroes at that time come t to the Urban League for jobs? Also. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. Do you want to explain how? Well, I, or is that enough explanation? You were like a um, employment yes, service. Yes, I was, and it's and that's the reason that so many of them knew me at first. When all this work of getting blacks um, at that time, we were I was saying Negro. That's why I'm using the word Negro. Uh, but uh, I'll use whatever you want. Oh, I I'm used to it now. But at first it just boiled me. You know why? Why? That was a dirty word for whites calling, oh, you nigger, so-and-so. Mm -hmm. You're nothing but a dirty nigger. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and that was the reason that I think that at that time the blacks resented uh, being called uh, uh, black. Mm -hmm because they would say, you you black, you black. Yeah. And, uh, um, but. When you started this job, 
when you walked in your office in the morning, what were there? To, what was there to do? What did you do? Be well when I first uh, not, not the clerk but as no. a job developer oh uh, prepare myself with the uh, look over what I the problem the things I had to do for the day mm -hmm. I, the appointments I had in office or out of the office mm -hmm. what could there be out of the office uh, talking with um, uh, with the persons who would be interested in hiring uh, Negroes as clerical people in the 40s. And who would that be? Who that would who, be? Who wanted to hire Negroes in the 40s? Um, people who were in industries. Whites or? Yeah, all the whites. There were no, at that time, there were a few places. For instance, as a, when I was in high school, my uncle ran a grocery store. And we, I went to Sumner and I walked to Sumner. And the blacks in the neighborhood uh, would come by our place. Hello, Mr. Wilburn. Hello, Miss Williams, how you doing? And wanted to, uh, wanted to, they were going on the way to the grocery store and passed right by our place. Mm -hmm. So you ask how it was in, the, in that time, at the 40s and 50s. We had no other alternative but to go to the whites to ask them to hire blacks. Because this little incident, they weren't going to start out with blacks. You know, this was a black neighborhood. Mm -hmm a black uh, grocery store and the neighbors and the people in the area would pass right by going over on Eastern Avenue to buy groceries and we would my family So they would, wouldn't the whites didn't buy in your store they went somewhere else No when these are blacks too oh, oh. mostly blacks Oh they would they were blacks and you would wonder why uh, uh, blacks would have to go to the white stores or the white businesses mm -hmm. is because um, uh, they uh, there was no business no black businesses they, that they could use mm -hmm. um, you said that you what I'm trying to find out is did whites at that time call you up to hire the blacks or were you going out to ask them to they they would hire? Uh, they I would it have both both they uh, I would get get calls from just like I do get them now and uh, uh, and they would call me and set up an appointment said Marie I want to talk with you, and uh, we have some openings, and we're going to hire some Negroes in the jobs. And then I'd set up an appointment at his, their, her convenience, and go in, and we would talk about what they wanted, uh, the requirements. Well, what did they usually want at that time? Well, at that time, 
uh, stock clerks, uh, anything that would be in the clerical, just the clerical field. A stock clerk, uh, somebody who could type well and can be trained on other, other office equipment. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, high school graduate, at least a high school graduate. And that was factory work for factory work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, domestic. Domestic. Well, domestic. We that was our first. Mm -hmm. We had standing in line from the front door of the Urban League all the way up to Garrison Avenue. Tell me about that. Uh, this is in the 40s? Yes, in the 40s. Okay, tell me about them. Um, we would have them in line looking for work, and they were mostly domestics. Was and that your biggest? Yes, yes. Amount of? Yeah. And you know, I was talking with somebody, it wasn't, uh, it was at the Urban League Dinner. This past this past uh, year, uh, that it almost sometimes it almost brings back to memory what happened in the forties here in the seventies, the sixties and the seventies. In what way? Well, um, they'll interview with the. Uh, a black person for a job, and um, and at the end of the time that they interviewed, they haven't found anybody that could do the job, but they found a white person who could do it. So that would be the end of that, and then they would say, well, yes, I think uh, uh, we've had some blacks to come in. But uh, we couldn't find anyone with any experience. When you went out to, what was the, if the domestic situation was the largest for women, what was the, the largest thing that men were doing the most? Uh, janitor, cleanup jobs. Um, were they standing? Yard up? men, you know. Menial. Uh, uh, yes. Uh -huh. Were, were they standing in line for those? Oh, yes. Yeah. They were there. It was a mixture. The line was both male and female. Uh, was, were they, were there enough jobs for them? Not, not always, no. Must have been depressing in a way, your job in some ways, that part of it. Well, yes, was what I would, I might have thought some bad words on darn so-and-so, you know, by myself, you know, on the way back. And especially in a car, when I was able to buy a car, uh, reflecting and thinking over the interview that I had just come from. And I, and I would say, why? You know, talk. And then I look over and I said, well, they probably Folks see me talking, my mouth just yes. going. That must be crazy. Crazy or not, Marie? Um, 
when you would go out to talk to white people about asking them to hire uh, Negroes, did anybody go with you, like a board member, or um, was that? Yes, some of the board members did, and I remember white board members. White board members. Uh, I'm trying to think what company it was, but um, and one of these board members is still a very good friend of mine. She lives in Ladue, mm -hmm. and uh, her husband's an artist. He's one who goes to France all the time. I told her, I said, the next time you go, put me in your suitcase and take me with you. Right. <laughs> and, um, uh, but uh, she went, and her name was Mary Alice Smith. She was, uh, never was one of, she never was a, uh, what do you call those um, at the fair? At the VP Queen. VP Queen. But she was. The maid of honor. Yes, yeah, she was at one of those. And, uh, uh, and, and that one must, um, reminds me, I owe her a car, mm -hmm. uh, call her. A call. Uh-huh. Uh. -huh. uh Several of uh, them did go on various occasions with me. And when I would call companies, uh, and uh, maybe I had not been to the company, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and the guy in personnel said, well, what did, what did you want with them? I said, well, I wanted to talk with them. I said, I'm from the Urban League, and they knew that. That was Black Sea. And, uh, I have uh, uh, students and graduate uh, from graduates from high school, and some who will be graduating soon from college, and they're looking for entry-level positions. And oh, well, you know, Mrs. Williams, you have to talk with Mr. Jones, and you know who Mr. Jones was. Mr. Jones was either chairman of the board or president of the company. So now I had to go that high in many cases. Did you ever get to them? Yes, I did, yes. Now, at that time... Could you get to them by yourself, or did you need a, a board member from the Urban League to get to them? Well, I usually made an appointment. If I got to the board, the, that president or chairman of the board, uh, they did not, and i tell you how they got to it, uh, they did not uh, give me an appointment right then. He would say, uh, well, uh, Mrs. Williams, let me call you back. I'll have my uh, secretary to call you to see what when I can set up a time. And then he would go to his board person. He knew the some, and we had somebody on the board from all the white companies. Mm -hmm. And they would go to them and they, and, uh, he, and they would tell him, well, you better have a conference with that young lady. I see. And uh, so that's the way that I, that I got to them. So you needed the whites? Yes. Uh -huh. how, how did the whites and, and Negroes work together in the Urban League? I mean, was there a status difference, or was did you feel equal? 
Oh, well, personally, I did, uh, because um, uh, whether it was a dirty word or not, Marie Williams at the Urban League, I don't know. might have been because I've never had a, a turn down for an appointment. Never had no. a turn down? No, no, for an appointment. Uh, uh, appointment, uh, but um, I may not have gotten a job uh, or a job, you know. A job for your person. Yes. But uh -huh. never having had a turn down, no. you either were um, powerful person or you had a lot of powerful people behind you? Well, I think it was uh, knowing what the agency stood for mm -hmm. uh, because uh, and there, uh, there are about a hundred and some odd uh, urban leagues throughout the country. Marie, do you think that they were afraid of stepping on anybody's toes? Yes, it could have been. Mm -hmm. could have been. They didn't want to, they also didn't they want, want to upset, upset the, the apple, apple cart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works both ways, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Uh -huh. um, in hiring people, not for the menial jobs uh, that we talked about, not domestic or the janitor, but as, uh, and I want to, don't let us forget the post office, we want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, did, I know Sam Klein said that when he first asked for the first girl, they sent over somebody who was very fair yeah. in complexion, and he did not want that because he, if he was going to do it, he wanted it to be done yeah. and, and for the person to, That's right. to be black. Um, but did the other companies, did the color of their skin make a difference? Yes, it did. because. I, I don't remember which what company. Pope's Cafeteria, I believe there was a. Yes, uh -huh. and then there was another one when they, when they needed a secretary. Right. Do you know anything about Pope's? Does that? Mm -hmm, I, yeah. Would you talk about that? Maybe I don't know if it's the same story that I know about. Um, a needing. Uh, someone, but they wanted them to be fair. Yeah. Yes. Uh, actually, I don't know what kind of. They said a waitress job, or a waitress. I'm not sure because one of the other workers was working on that. I didn't. Uh, okay. Well, I heard that they said first we'll start a fair and then we'll get darker and yes. darker as yes. as we hire. Yes, that's okay. that. Uh, what what what's your story? You were going to tell me um, about um, a company called at one time and they said uh, that he was going to uh, try to get some blacks in his company. And all of a lot of these were board members who were on the they were on the Urban League board. I don't know whether they was doing it undercover and didn't want the other board people to know about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, uh, they this guy said that he wanted somebody. He, he said she'll be in an outside office, meaning where. She's visible, mm -hmm. 
And he says, I want uh, somebody who's fair, who can pass. And it can pass. Had you, you just said, okay? I mean, you just, like you were yes, uh -huh, talking just, about. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Then, Marie, how did you go about, you couldn't call somebody on the phone and say, but tell me the color of your skin. No. You okay. had to know your people, people yes. intimately. Yes. Uh -huh. And um, and when you would hire somebody, would you you'd try and fill that position, right, or not? Uh, well, I didn't get anybody for it. Uh, okay, on purpose. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that happened. That yeah. happened in not only one company, in several. And you just and when we drew your, you drew your line there, right? Yes. Uh -huh. And um, uh, as we grew older into this thing, this uh, job developing and job placement, uh, in order to get our our uh, uh, working across. Sometimes we had to sort of close our eyes and say, eeny, meeny, miny. And we know Mo's here and Mo is real fair. Jefferson Bank. Now we're in the 63, 1963. Uh, I interviewed, and I had to play the, uh, contact with the president of the company plus the director of personnel. And somebody else forgot now. Um, and uh, they needed a person but they wanted to hire someone. I don't know whether I should say give the company's name or not. Don't be uncomfortable if you if you feel that you're going to say it and be sorry. Don't say it. Yeah. I want you to be feel comfortable. Well, um, but who was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, um, well, uh, just keep it to yourself. Uh -huh. I mean, the story is still the story. So uh, you want to hear the story? Mm -hmm. Um, they wanted to hire somebody with fair skin mm -hmm. and uh, asked me uh, and said that they would uh, rather hire two or three so that they wouldn't be lonely <laughs> on the job. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a zoo, you know, you want, you want to put them in. <laughs> Have two panda so, bears. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh heavens! You don't know if to laugh or cry, do you? <laughs> and uh, uh, so we got these two people um, from Webster Grove. Beautiful, pretty girls. Uh, I can remember. Oh, that. The youngest one, uh, just 
pretty as she could be. Beautiful skin, very, very fair. Pretty hair hanging down, blonde, not blonde, uh, red. It wasn't as red as my nose. Uh, pretty hair hanging down, but she's pretty. And the other one was a little older. She was about two years old, two or three years older than the uh, first one. And uh, and she, uh, they both were hired. And that was just before the bank moved to where the bank was on Jefferson Avenue. You know, they moved again, and they're down on Market Street. But this was all after all that. Mm -hmm. Chaos went on. Oh, all the moving was behind. Oh, yes, behind. I mean, you're hiring, that. right? Yes. It was after uh -huh. Core did all that yes. demonstration. Uh -huh. That's right. Uh -huh. And uh, but it was really funny how they uh, wanted. Now that they were not the only company who wanted somebody that. Uh, when they got ready to hire, and sometimes they would say, well, we don't have any openings, Mrs. Williams, right now, but uh, when we do have the opening, we would like to hire two or three so that they wouldn't be lonely. You know, they probably meant that well. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe even they're, maybe they were thinking so they wouldn't be afraid or they would feel more comfortable they were yes. you know I mean maybe their choice of war I, I don't know but I, uh -huh. it, it 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 could have be everybody's coming from such different places yes uh -huh. and they're thinking so it's easy to be insulted and you were probably used to being yes insulted. yes I was used to it um, <coughs> do you get used to it being insulted mm-hmm What did you do with your anger? Uh, get it off in my car. I get it in my car. car. <laughs> and talk to yourself. Talk to myself. Okay. Besides the job developing, and job developing and job placement, which sounds like a huge endeavor, and certainly important at that time. Oh wait, I, I can't leave this. We've got too much more to do. I don't want to forget the post office, what we were mentioning before we started, that the post office was... Well, the post office was uh, open at that time, and that's where men especially were getting uh, interviewed for some of the key jobs, you know, as... Uh, some of this stock mail handler. Uh, this uncle of mine that I was telling you about uh, <coughs> had a brother who worked with the post in the post office and he was a um, worked as a on the railroad mm -hmm. in the mail car where he had to, um, and he had, every so often he had to take an examination, and I, I, sh I shoveled the cards for him. 
and threw them in the boxes. They had a box, yay size, and these pigeonholes where they had to throw the, this was the examination that they took. And I would shuffle the cards for him, and he'd pay me 50 cents for shuffling the cards for him to, for the, uh, preparing him to get ready for it, to take the examination. And, uh, but, um, they were the key jobs that, um, blacks were getting at that time. running on the road and he when he my uncle's uh, was from St. Louis to Omaha and that's the, the uh, job he had as a uh, male clerk and that's what they call them on the road <coughs> so but the post office was a fairly stable job yes. and it was a fairly status type job at that time very much so. And you know what else was a status job? What was? Uh, at the same time, um, uh, uh, porters on the railroad, porters, uh, kitchen people in the diner, uh, cooks and waiters on the diner. I think they and they were real stable jobs, and they were the railroad at that time filled with uh, blacks who uh, worked and went to school, and uh, it, they evidently were working on an on-call basis because they were in college trained doctors, lawyers, teachers who did that. And the railroad was full of blacks, uh, students who were, and they can tell you, could tell you a whole lot about uh, uh, the things that they did, you know, uh, to earn enough money so they could stay in college and get their degree. Uh, out of this, if you can think of people that you feel that you know, that you placed, that had some experiences, or that you feel I would, I could talk to, I would be glad to, uh, for you to mm -hmm. think about that. So we have the post office as a status, uh, railroads, were yes. country clubs? Uh, country clubs, yes. They, as waiters, mm -hmm. uh, uh, dishwashers, mm -hmm. just to be out to see, just to say, well, I work at Greenboro uh, Country Club. Mm -hmm. Very, very, um, you know, just that's, that's real good. You know, besides it being good, I interviewed somebody the other day who. Um, said that he worked at a country club as a busboy, and he looked around, and he saw that those people played tennis, mm -hmm. played golf, mm -hmm. swam, mm -hmm. had cars. He said he never saw any of those people in his neighborhoods, and he didn't go in theirs. Mm -hmm. But he 
as a young man, very young man, imagine that they lived out in the county behind walls, probably. Mm -hmm. And he thought if that was the good life, that's what he wanted. Yeah. I, and I was in his home, and he got it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's a, besides it being a status, it was an exposure yes. uh -huh. for people. Well, I so heard was the car, right, go ahead. I heard somebody say something on, on that line yesterday, the other day, uh, that, um, uh, as a matter of fact, it was on television.